I just left the office. Come on, guys. I'm not gonna go back now. Listen, I left the files right on my desk. I'm not gonna go back. I just got home. I think she'll be coming home with the man in a second. No, I don't have time for this. On my desk. Excuse me. Hold, hold on. Can we go outside? Walk. It's really sunny outside. Sunny, walk. Um. Wait. Did you do your homework? Yes. Well, did you check your homework? No. All right. Uh, check your homework, and then we can talk. Okay. Love you. Anyway, like I was saying, the files are on my. God bless you all. So um, just to recap a little bit from last week, um, for those of you who were not here, uh, we started the, the love languages, okay? And we all have a need, a need for, to, for, for love. When God created us, he created us for relationship, okay? So each of us has a need to fulfill that emotional part of us with love. And we, call, we called it last week the love tank. When the love tank is empty, okay, um, that emotional aspect of us that's able to give and receive, we, when it's empty, we're not able to, to give to someone else because we are fearful, we're harboring uh, anger, we may be harboring, harboring anger, we may be harboring uh, resentment, okay? We, we just may, may just be tired because we're so busy, we're so tired of giving out so much of ourselves and not getting anything back to replenish us, to, to fill us up. Okay, but we see that as the love tank gets filled, more of us is able to be given out to someone else. And we know that God's purpose for our lives is always 
to give, not to receive back, but to give unconditionally, unconditionally. So that love tank, we, we, we realize it, it has to be, it, it, it's got to be filled to its mass in order to us to be able to give our maximum to someone else. But there are things that can, can stop that from happening, okay? And Minister Lewis and Minister uh, Mickey touched on that last week. All right, so we, we were given a, you know, a commandment by the Lord to love one another. That is a command. That's not if you want to. That is a command for every believer to love one another. All right? And it's hard to do that when you don't know how to. Okay, so our process, our reason for bringing along this lesson to you all is to begin, for us as a family, to, to begin to learn how to understand someone else and how they express their love. And how we saw last week the skit, how someone can, you can be giving someone what, you, what satisfies you, but it's not really satisfying that person, okay? Um, it's, unusual, it's unusual that my husband and I, if you can go to the next slide, please. The five love languages are words of affirmation, quality time, physical touch, receiving gifts, and acts of service. There are many ways that we express these five um, love languages, but it's interesting that my husband and I both carry words of affirmation as our primary and quality time as our secondary. It's very rare that you find a couple that has the exact same love language because that's, you, you can clash, okay? But I thank God for the Spirit of God that has helped us. And we're gonna, I'm going to try and be real with you today because um, even this morning I had to ask, actually ask my husband to forgive me for harsh words that I spoke to him. And that's only by the Spirit of God. Forgive me for getting emotional. The Spirit of God working in me to, 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 to you know, just to submit myself to the Spirit of God to, to keep our marriage going. Amen? But I thank God. I thank God because my husband's, um, though we are quality time, his thing is words of affirmation. And if I cut my husband down, then I'm cutting him down. I'm cutting that thing that feeds him, that, that is able to build him up for him to give to me. Amen? So I'm going to pass this on to my husband before I just <laughs> take off with my tears. <laughs> Amen? Wow. Mm. 15 years we've been married. 15 years. And that is not easy, ladies and gentlemen. Love will stand the test of time. Mm -mm -mm. Well, I'm, I'm telling you, get ready. Uh, guys, ladies, children, get ready for a roller coaster. Just like I told the pastor Victor, when I came to Calvary, this is a roller coaster ride that I will never, ever get off. And I want the front seat because I want to see it coming. <laughs> uh, those of you who know me, I mean, I have a crazy job anyway. <laughs> wow. Words of affirmation, the power words. I, when, I, when I was doing this research, I went online and I, I was a graphic artist way back. I went to Parsons School of Design and... Many years later, I became a soldier. Now I'm a cop of 18 years in NYPD. So uh, what a ride. What a ride. And believe me, <laughs> words of affirmation, that's, that's a toughie. Out of all the five languages, I mean, we're starting with this one because it, it always starts and begins with the word. This morning, you know, God will always, always take charge. 
And I'm sitting here in his chair, and God gives me a word. And the first the word that came to me was John. If you guys, if every one of you can turn it to uh, John chapter 1, 1. The deity of Jesus Christ. When you guys have it, give me an amen. Amen. Yo. Okay. <laughs> and I love this because this is powerful. I mean, powerful. It's like yeah, you can imagine uh, Charlton Heston saying, saying this, you know. In the beginning, in the beginning, imagine that, ladies and gentlemen, in the beginning was the Word, the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So when you think about that, ladies and gentlemen, we are here because of a few words, words that affirm who we are in Christ, who we are in God, and who are we are yet to become. Words of, words of affirmation. Proverbs. Good old Solomon, King Solomon, in Proverbs 18.21. And this is, this is very important. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it would eat of its fruit. Think about it. How powerful those words are. When God said, let there be light. Just a mere word, and yet, the universe, everything, the, went into existence. You know, when some people say, and when, you know, there's a lot of people theoretical that believe in the Big Bang, but I'm going to tell you something. If there is a Big Bang, that was the Big Bang. When he said, let it be, let it be, that was the Big Bang. I'm telling you that. And when you think about the words, ladies and gentlemen, a lot of the words that we say each other, it do affect us. Like I said, last night, Liz and I, let me tell you, the enemy was really working on us, making sure that we are divided in presenting this. Because the, word, the one thing that he wants to is divide is a marriage, you know, a covenant, something that God ordained. And, you know, believe me, we were at each other's throats last night. We, didn't, we, we were at the point where she didn't want to do it. We didn't want to do this and do that. And I said, nah, nah, this is, you know, uh, Al had to, had to put his foot down and said, the devil, man, why did you enter the domain? You don't, have, you don't have a hall pass? You don't have a hall pass? You know, you enter a cop's home? Are you kidding me? You're going you're, you're to get hit. So, you know, I showed him to the door, and uh, I stood up all night. I haven't slept. I broke night, and uh, yeah, what you call it, the, um, those handouts that you got. <laughs> the machine kept just doing all these crazy things, spurting it backwards and forwards, and I'm going like this. I said, <laughs> casting, casting the demons out of that, out of that, man, you know, that printer and everything else. But guess what? Victory, and, and it's in your hand. Victory is in your hand. So when you think of uh, when you think of life and death, ladies and gentlemen, we, you know, I mean, come on, every one of us has been given a good praise, and many of us here. And those of you know, and I'm one of them, we have been hurt by those words. Hurt by those words. And some of them, ladies and gentlemen, had led in an indelible scar in our hearts where, you know, you know, God has healed us. And, you know, and healing is a process that takes time. And it's really up to us uh, if we speed up that healing. But, um, you know, the thing is, is that God is love and he loves us and he affirms that love. So I want you to I want you to know that. Next slide. 
And, and this is something that is very keen because it says here that the object of love is not getting something you want, but doing something for the well-being of ones of the one you love. So in other words, you know, sometimes, you know, people say, why are you doing this for me? You know, I mean, come on, you know, why, why are you buying my love? You know, why are you doing these things? And sometimes we do things and we say things because we do love each other. And we want to make sure we affirm that love. And we need that. It, you know, if, you, if there was a test, uh, I remember there was a test done many years ago. And it's a, I think it was one of the most gruesome tests. And when you think about the Holocaust, all the experiments and all that, where um, they took it just about, about hundreds of babies. And they split them in half or whatever. And the, the experiment was um, one half of the babies were cared for. They were, they were held. They were spoken to. And they felt secure because of the voice the touch, that affirmation of that love that they were receiving. Even though if they weren't, if they weren't uh, their natural mothers, they received that love. But then there was another batch of babies that were left there. I mean, they were fed, but they were not held. They cleaned them up, and they left them alone. And alone they stayed. And those babies, they, they did grow up. They matured, but they did not endure because something was missing. You know, sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, a lot of us, you know, we think we have everything. We think we, uh, we are really loved and all that. And, and sometimes the love that we receive from one another is not enough. Because there's an emptiness in our hearts. And that love is the, the it, that, that, that emptiness in our heart is only the love that God can only bring. That only God can actually fill up that hole in your heart. And that's why many of you are here, and some of you are here for the first time. You're not here for as a, um, a you know, as, as a coincidence, an accident. This is a word for you. So understand one thing, you know, it's not about what you receive from it. It's something that you feel. Next slide. Now we're now we're gonna get into like many like like many languages. A lot of these languages that we speak, especially a lot of the um, spoken languages all over the planet, if you notice that, especially Spanish, uh, we have many dialects. You have your uh, South American, your Mexicans, your Dominicans, Puerto Ricans, your, your, your Castilian Spanish, and we have all our dialects, and, and they're, you know, they, they're, they're different variations. So within the love language of um, the words of affirmation, we have these Dialects. And one of our dialects uh, for this one would be encouraging words. In other words, encourage means to inspire courage. It's to basically encourage you to go out and love one another. It says here that encouragement requires ep uh, empathy and seeing the world from your loved one's perspective with verbal encouragement, we are trying to communicate. I know, I care, I am with you. How can I help? We're trying to show that we believe in him or her and his or her abilities. We are giving credit of praise. The key thing is to learn. For those of you who are married, learn what is important to your spouses. I have to know what's important to Liz. I have to. Because life would be not very pleasant. <laughs> and when you think about it, you know, you, like, like Mickey, you know, and 
Minister uh, Louis Torres, you know, we, we're pretty much like like twins because uh, you know she's an eagle, <laughs> we're faces of the man. <laughs> and we, now maybe that's why we get along too much. And when we learn to do that, when we learn to know what our spouses, in other words, our significant others, even even our family and friends, when we learn to know what the, what's important to them, then we can know how to encourage them. We can know how to encourage them or give that type of encouragement. But basically, when we give that type of encouragement, you know, you're trying to show that, that you believe in them. You believe in their abilities. That you affirm them and you want to help them. I mean, how many of us, how many of our dreams have ended, have stopped because of the wrong words, the disencouragement. I was one of them. I mean, look, a lot of things, you know, my relationship with my dad, you know, affirmation, uh, words of affirmation are very important. You know, when you think, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a grown man, and, and a lot of us men, and I'm speaking to the men here, you, you may, many of you may uh, you know, identify with this, where we come from a culture where we're not supposed to cry, we're not supposed to show our feelings, no tears are supposed to come down. You you know, take it like a man. And basically, that's the type of father I had. And um, he was a loving father in a different way. Uh, the, the the love language that I discovered, and especially my father, my wife, um, you know, pointed it out, was um, acts of service. And the problem is, is that he didn't know my love language. And imagine me, grown man, even as a kid, all I wanted to hear from my dad was, um, hey, I know you love me. You showed it in your acts of service. You gave me clothes. You gave me an education. I went to Catholic school. I mean, you provided for our family. He was a great dad, great husband, everything that Trevor wanted. All I wanted was to hear him say, hey, papi, hey, little, little you know, here, yeah, little Al, you know, I love you. Let's, let's, uh, let's talk about your day in school and all that. Never. Nada. So I grew up very early. I was a very young adult. Very young adult. Became a little cynical. But then, like I said, good old mom, she filled that love tank. And mom was there. God bless her because you know, she's with the Lord, you know. That's 11 years ago. So um, when you think about these encouraging words, we have to encourage one another. Being Christian is very hard. Being a Christian is very hard. Walking in the ways of our Lord Jesus Christ, it's a very difficult walk. We need encouragement. That's why that Bible, that Bible is a book of encouragement. And we have to seek that word every day. We have to. It, it, I know some of us, we, do, we didn't want to be here. Come on. <laughs> I didn't want to get up in the morning. I didn't feel like it. There are days I don't feel like it. There are days I don't feel like being a cop. There are days I just don't feel like just getting up and smelling the good old air. I just want to stay home and vegetate. But then, those words of encouragement come. The Lord, he's like a little, D, you know, a little drill sergeant. Get up, get up, get up. That's not who I made you to be. You know better than that. How? You know better than that. You, you made it this far because of the words of encouragement that you did not realize that that were being spoken over your life. You see, a lot of us, we say words of encouragement, but some of them are not verbally heard. 
We call them prayers. And when you pray for someone, that's an encouragement. That's powerful. When you think about it, everyone here is here alive because of someone else's prayers. Someone else's prayers. Someone out there prayed for you. And even the ones that didn't like us, they, they, still, they still prayed for us. Because even though they didn't like us, they saw hope in us. Because even though they didn't, they didn't see hope in themselves, they saw that there was a genuine change in all of us. Imagine that. But they didn't have the heart to say, you know, I, I want that. I want what you have. So, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to encourage you, you know, that this is a long road. And God wants to encourage us to get along, not be divided, not to be double-minded, gossiping, the stuff like that. I mean, you wonder why churches don't grow, why, we, why we're not affecting the, you know, the community, because we're so subdivided. It's the me club. Are we building towers of babbles to, unto ourselves? Think about it. Come on. Read the book. We build these towers for ourselves, encouraging ourselves, where others out there are need the encouragement more. Next slide. Another dialect would be kind words. Going back to Proverbs 15.1, a soft word turns away anger. Wow. Have you ever had someone really piss you off? Really irk you? Upset you? I mean, really. And the last thing you want to do is, is say, it, it, last thing you want to do is, is do what Jesus did. You know, you know they say, you know, what would Jesus do? What, what did Jesus do? You know, what he did, you know, back and forth. It gets very confusing. Forgive, the, I forgive you because you just don't have a clue. <laughs> you know? That won't come out of our mouths. We just want to curse them, subdivide them and everything else, and just cast them in, in your own lake of fire, you know? <laughs> That's what you want to do. Come on. Come on. It's just like Maxwell Smart. You had a, a trap door in your house, and you had your own personal hell. Come here. What will you say about me? Come over here. You know, it's like in the mafia movies and all that. You watch out. You see the little plastic, uh, you know, like in uh, Lethal Weapon, you know, the guy standing there. And he's looking around, and he, the guy's saying, what, what are you looking around? I'm just making sure there's no plastic on the floor because they're going to whack him. But how many of us want to destroy, and I'm using harsh words, destroy, kill our brothers and sisters with words? I remember the story that Pastor said about uh, someone he met, and he had a grudge for 50 years. 50 years. He didn't speak to a, a family member. And it's, that's a shame. That's a waste of life. 50 years. You know what's so sad? We go to these funerals, and then we meet our families, and all of a sudden it's just crying, and just everything is just, just, just a big pool of tears. And now we want to say, hey, I forgive you. I wish we could do this. It's too late. I'm dying. It's over. All we can do is make our peace. Forgiveness. Love is kind. And we have to be able to communicate love verbally with those kind words. 
And here's the thing. Love does not keep score of wrongdoings. You know how we say, um, you know, you really pissed me off. You really hurt me. You hurt me really bad. I trusted you. I trusted you. You were my best friend. You're my sister. You're my brother. I trusted you with the secret. I trusted you with my life. And I can't forgive you. I can't. I can't forgive you. I can't even look at you. I despise you. I disown you. How many of us have been there? That hurts. That hurts. We're, pulling, we're putting a knife to the throat of our own loved ones, our flesh and blood. That hurts. And yet we hurt too. But forgiveness is the key to love. I say again, forgiveness is the key of love. That is the magic word. That is what Christ has been trying to teach us all along. Forgive. And to leave it in the past. Let the past be. You see, sometimes what we do on a beautiful day like this will bring our yesterdays, our past. We throw in our junk in today. And, and then we don't allow God to take a brand new slate and to do something wondrous to us, to restore. Because we bring things that God has cast into, as some people or some theologians like to call it, the sea of forgetfulness. In other words, when God forgives you, you know, when God forgives you, he forgets. He says, hey, uh, um, uh, what are you talking about? I don't know. What do you mean, God? You're supposed to know all of That I don't know. I don't need to know that. It's not important. What's important is what you do with what I've given you. What do, what do you do with, your own, with the restoration I've given you? With the new slate. With the new road. I've given you new tires. A new body work. New high octane go. Go. And go to the place where I'm going to send you. But the fact is, we need to, we need to forgive one another. Because if you do not forgive, you do not truly love. You don't. You don't. You don't. It's just a bold-faced lie, and you're, and you're just fooling yourself. Even Christ on the cross said, forgive them for they do not know what they do. And that was an affirmation to the world, his love. His love that he died for us. So forgiveness is a way of life. Forgiveness is not a feeling. It is a commitment. It is a choice to show mercy. Forgiveness is a choice, ladies and gentlemen. And some of you need to make that choice today. Because this love language stuff that we're going to learn is not going to work with any one of us if we cannot show divine forgiveness and mercy. Next slide. Humble words. Love makes requests, not demands. If requests come off as demands, we have erased the possibility of intimacy and will drive our loved ones away. Our needs and desires are to be received as giving guidance, requests affirms your loved one. Worth and abilities. <coughs> you know, 
there's a lot of there's a lot of things I love about my wife Liz, and I'm not just saying it because she's there. <laughs> but I mean, think about it. You know, even in my 15 years, I'm still learning. Still learning. Learning this marriage thing. It's not easy. It's not easy when the world is willing. You know, we love to give up. The minute, the minute we, we, you know, we, we, we get married, uh, we get engaged or something like that, and we say the wrong thing, ah, I want my ring, I want the house, uh, let's get a couple of lawyers here, and it's like, forget it. Then there's another half of you says, it's, it's, it's cheaper to keep them, right? Right? That's crazy. Well, I, I don't like to think of it that way. <laughs> you know, when I met her, I, I believe that it was divine. Seriously, I'm not trying to juice it up or, you know, really sauce it up. But I believe that it, it was ordained. Because I truly believe that if you ask God the kind of mate, the kind of uh, the, the, the person that you want to marry, and you write it in detail, ask it. Because God is a God of order and a God of detail. Write a list. There's a book out there. I believe there's a uh, pastor out in Korea. I forgot his name. I think it's a... Oh, boy. When I was a young lady, before I met my husband, I was reading a book by Catherine Marshall. And in that book, I remember the book, and it spoke. She, she was a terrific writer, her and her husband. But um, I remember writing my requests for my husband. And what I requested was a tall, you know how we say tall dark man? I wanted a tall light man to a light man <laughs> but I wrote my request I'm telling you the truth and I put it in the book and I put the book away and I'm gonna I'm gonna we're gonna go quickly because we are running out of time honey and I just want to share this with you so um my uh, through throughout the years you know I, I dated quite a bit I didn't get married till I was close to 40 okay and um, when my husband and I met, we met, um, I was a nurse, I, I'm still my nurse, but I was a nurse in the intensive care unit, and he was a police officer guarding a prisoner. And I had learned throughout those years of hardship in relationships, because where the Lord dealt with me was always in my relationships with other people, basically other men. Because that's where, where my, my weakness was, because my, remember, my thing was also words of affirmation and quality time. So there was a lack in me somewhere where that was, was not being fed, you know, and yet I have wonderful parents, yes, good providers, but there was a lack in me too. But my language happened to be words of affirmation and quality time. But the Lord showed me, uh, I, I was sitting in, um, I'll go back to 1983, I was sitting in Brooklyn Tabernacle. I was a member of Brooklyn Tabernacle and I had been dating someone at that time and the Lord actually, I, I had decided, you know what? When I leave here today, I'm going to go to be with him. I don't care anymore that he's not a believer, that he's not serving the Lord. I just want to be with him. And I sat in that church at Brooklyn Tabernacle, and I sat and I said, you know, that's what I'm going to do. But another part of me was like, but God, what is it that you want from me? And my words to God were, but you've got to put it in front of my face. And I want to tell you, that may sound bold and disrespectful to the Lord, but I love the Lord. But the Lord knows his daughter. And he knows how he has to deal with me and how he has dealt with me throughout these years. Okay? Pastor Simbala got up, stopped the service, 
and said, there is someone here who has an idol before God. They're asking God to bless something that God is never going to bless. And I knew because of the, the, the sharpness that I felt that those words were for me. And ladies and gentlemen, that is how the Lord has dealt with me in my relationships. So as the years went on and I was still rebellious against God, wanting to date who I wanted to date, not waiting on God for the man that he had for me, I continued to do my own thing. But the Lord always dealt with me in that way. Years went on. 1985, I met a young man in church, a Christian. Oh, wow, a believer. This is going to be all right. This is going to be good. What happened? The man had a daughter, and, and for those of you who are with gentlemen who have kids, I, 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 you, you have got to be your, your honor, your, your, to be just put on a pedestal because that's hard to do, to be with a man that has children, all right? But God has given you that grace to be able to do that. God didn't give me that grace. I have to be honest with you. He did not give me that grace. I tried. He had a five-year-old daughter, and I was in the bathroom one day crying, oh, my God. My God, but this man that you gave me, why am I having such a hard time? The words that came to me right there in the bathroom was, who told you that that's the man I have for you? And I'm standing here before God talking to you in all honesty because what the, the man that God had for me, what I learned throughout all those years again of rebellion was to ask God, God, if this man is not for me, get him out of my life. And throughout all those years that I remained single, dating, yes, but single, I prayed that prayer, God, if this is not the man for me, get him out of my life. Until I met Al. When I met Al, let me tell you, I, I learned already my lesson. God, if this is not the man for me, get him out of my life. What happened? He kept coming back. He kept coming back, and I got scared. He kept coming back, and I was like, there, this is different. There is something definitely different here. <laughs> and I got scared, but I know that God ordained this. God ordained this. Amen. This is who God was saving me for. Neither one of us in our, you know, I was already in my 40s. He's five years younger than I am. But the Lord, neither one of us married, you know, our first, our, our own and only marriage. That's it because we're going to be together no matter what. You know, no matter what. We're going to continue to build each other up. We're going to continue to give each other words of affirmation. We're going to continue to submit to the Lord, to the Spirit of God, who teaches us how to do these things. Okay? We are responsible. Okay? And, for you, and I, I just have in my heart to speak to the parents of this house today. Because my husband is speaking about relationship. But you know, there's a lot of single folks in this place too. You need to learn the love languages. Okay? Because you are in relationship, not just with your, your, your boyfriend and girl. You're in relationship every day with people that you meet. You have to know their language so that you can get to the heart of them to the heart of them really speak to where they're at fill their love tank so that they can grow up and be not hidden but the people that God called them to be standing to be the people that God called them to be all right and this is why we're doing this to prepare you to begin to do the work okay to do the work that God has placed us each on this earth to do to build up the body to build up those, those that are coming into the house that are broken that are torn that receive those words that were broken down as children to build them up so that they can be filled 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 with the Holy Spirit to do the work that God has called them to do amen so we are gonna cut this short I'm just going to go through this very quickly. Can we go to the, the next? Go to quality. quality, please. Quality time. We're just going to fly through this. Quality time. Amen. Hallelujah. Next. 
quality is finest or grade of excellence. To give quality time is to give a portion of your life. Real quality time means giving the person your undivided attention. Nothing else matters in those moments. Quality time is a powerful communicator of emotional love. It's not just being in the same house. It's looking eye to eye, talking to that person. It could be 15 minutes. 15 minutes, but that person has your attention. If a child, and to those parents that I wanted to talk to you, you're in a position, let me tell you, you can either break or make your child. Emotionally, we all have that tank that needs to be filled, and you are responsible. God has placed in your hand these children, all right, these children, but they're not yours. They are his first. He has given them to you to build up, to build up. But you have to learn their love language too. They have a, a little place in them that only, you know, they, they, there's only five, there's five languages. Only, you know what, you have to do all five of them so you get to understand which is the one that fills them. And then continue to give them that, that they need. To build them so they grow up strong. Strong. All right? It's our responsibility as, as parents. And, I'm, and we don't have children, but I have got lots of God niece, God, you know, God children. My oldest goddaughter is 38 years old. The youngest is three. So it's not that I don't have to be a parent to know what to, to, to be a parent. All right? I know how to love, and I know how to uh, give, give the little whooping when they need it, the little spanking, and the correction when they need it too. Next, tough love. Amen. Now, our personalities, we're going to go very quickly. Now, you see that um, I, I said that we, are, we have the same love language, but if you understand... I'm a dead sea when it comes to the personality of the, the love language of quality time. And my husband is a babbling brook. Okay? And it's the truth. And there's nothing wrong with either one of that. I'm okay being by myself and being okay and sitting somewhere and observing and looking. I'm okay with that. My husband likes to be around people and he likes to talk. But that's how he is. But you see, we still desire our love tech is still quality time. And it, that's, I think, what attracted us to each other. When we first dated, when we met back in 1995, we got married in 1996, of September 1996. But he actually, our first date, he came to my house. And I'm going to tell you, I never invited men to my house. Men did not know that I knew how to cook because they had to take me out to dinner. Okay? And I can cook. I love to cook. But that night, he came to my house. And I want to tell you the truth. We talked from 8 o'clock that night to 6 o'clock the next morning talked we talked from eight o'clock to six o'clock the next morning about what he if someone has a child here who has difficulty with science and history this is your man he will help your child he is such an intelligent man my husband here he is such a smart man he's handsome too isn't he <laughs> amen but he you know but we we spoke about we even spoke about our beliefs and we that's when we came to realize that we had the same beliefs Okay, we were both at that time backslidden. We had known of the Lord, but we had backslidden. But we, that was something that came up in that conversation. But I want to tell you at six o'clock, as you know, I think it's time for you to go. So at the door, I went and I, we kissed at the door. That'll give him that. And I felt that kiss from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. I had never felt that before. From the top of my head to the soles of my, the man that God gave me, okay? The man that God gave me. Amen. Next, please. <laughs> so what do, we, what do you do? How, how do you do this quality time thing? You have to maintain eye contact. Don't multitask. Don't be doing a bunch of things like we saw in the skit. 
listen for feelings. If, if you're not used to describing you know, feelings or you know, expressing feelings, try to put in a book your own feeling. If something gets you upset, somebody cuts you off in, 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 you know, while you're driving, write in a book, cut me off, what did you feel? Anger. If you go to work and the job that boss gives you a, a job to do that was due yesterday, you're going to feel frustration. So begin to write in a book those words that you're not familiar with so that you can begin to profess to your mate, listen, I'm frustrated. I, I feel this way. This is what I feel when, when this is going on. So that your mate can, under, your, person, your, your mate is a quality time person or, or affirmation person. They're going to understand words. So express yourself in the, word, in the way that they understand, in words. Write it down. If you're not used to it, write it down so that you can become fluent in that new language so that you can communicate with your, with your mate, with your partner. Okay? Observe their body language. If they're like this, they're not listening to you. If they're like this, they're trying to say, they're trying to hold back something that they really want to tell you. In psych, I'm in psych. So if someone is covering their mouth, they're really trying to hold back something they want to say. Okay, so look out for that body language. Refuse to interrupt. It's so easy to give advice. I told my husband one day, you know, I don't want, to, I don't want you to solve my problem. I just want you to listen to me. When I tell you something, it's not that I want you, I know, right? I already know what to do. Just listen to what I'm saying. Let me, let me just express what I'm feeling. I don't want your solutions. I know what to do. Just listen to me. All right? Ask reflective questions. Okay? Find out. Find out from them what, you know, ask them, you know, can you tell me? Can you, can you tell me what it is that you're, that you're feeling? Have them express to you. Have them write down what they're feeling on a piece of paper, they can express it to you. And then you read the piece of paper, all right? Express your understanding and ask permission to share your perspective. Don't tell them what you think they want to hear. If they ask you for advice, then give it. If they don't ask you for advice, just listen. Next. Seeking towards a better relationship, speaking the I statements. I, I feel like, I feel that, that you're, you know, you can say, I feel that you know, it's like you feel. <laughs> I feel this is what you may be feeling. Am I correct? In, 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 uh, I feel that you're feeling angry with me. Is that correct? When you ask that way, you're giving the person an opportunity to either yes or no that question. And if they're not feeling that, they can express to you what it is that they're really feeling. All right? Sharing instead of preaching. We already know what that means, okay? Sharing without preaching. And offering reasons. Okay, next. Okay, activities, uh, a memory bank. Its purpose is to experience something together, to walk away feeling that you care about your loved one and that your time was special. So what this is, ask your, your mate, um, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your husband, your wife, to give you five things that, you know, that they want to do with you. Five things that they, they want to do with you, that they want to share with you. And then in, in those five things, take one a month, try, try and do, you know, accomplish one each, each month. When you do that, you're actually filling up their tank. You're doing for them what they are requesting of you. But you've gotten, them from, you've gotten it from them. If you had the list and you don't, fill it, you don't follow that list, if you don't try to fill that re their request, you're neglecting them. You're not filling their tank. But they've already told you what it is that they need on that piece of paper. And if, it, it doesn't have to take money. It could be taking a walk in the park. All right? It doesn't have to be something expensive. Take, take a walk with me tomorrow, next week. Take, just let's go take a walk in the park. And do that for your mate. Quality activities. Going to a movie, visiting a museum, going out to dinner, walks in the park, working together, cooking together. I hope that our little true 
true experiences have ministered to you, feed your, the love language of your mate. Feed the love language of your mate. That is the most important thing, okay? And, you know, what happens is that as we're fed, we want to then give, give more of ourselves to the other person. Okay, so if you're in a marriage, many, someone may be here and they, their husbands and wives know nothing about the love language. They're not even here. Learn their love language and feed them as well. Because as you do, there's, I mean, they're going to want to give to you. They're going to want to give back to you.